let us pray. Gracious God, we ask you to open your words to our hearts and our hearts to your word, that we may understand what you have done and what now in your strength we must seek to do. For Jesus' sake, amen. The words of Jesus in this text are stark, even shocking. This is not an easy text to preach this morning, hence the guest preacher today. Preachers have cringed to see this pericope in the lectionary and theologians have debated these tough words of Jesus. So friends, if we are here today to hear a feel good word, sing a few hymns, and still remain the same way we did when we arrived, without care and worry of this world, this is not the place for us this morning. If we came to this house of prayer to be affirmed in our religiosity and sameness, this is not the place for us today. But if you came this day to hear the good news of Christ, the gospel, well, I'm here to tell you that you are in the right place. Indeed, the word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge thoughts and intentions of the heart. If we understand this word, then we are in the right place today. If we understand this, we are ready to receive a word from the Lord. I'm reminded of the first sermon a newly elected priest preached at my home church years ago. It was his first sermon, and in that sermon he said, I am here to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. This is what Jesus is doing in the text this morning. He is comforting the afflicted and afflicting the comfortable. But isn't this what Jesus' coming is about? Friends, the God we serve in Christ comes to agitate us, to prick and prod us, to remind us that we are servants called to a higher calling, called to help usher in God's kingdom here on earth. Today, we will move from the saccharine Jesus to wrestle with a Jesus of substance and power. This Jesus whom we meet today is one who afflicts us and challenges the status quo. So today, I ask you to ponder the theme for this word from the Lord, signs of the times. Friends, I believe that over 2,000 years ago, after the birth of the Savior, many of us who profess Christianity are far too comfortable today. The words of Jesus in the gospel text cause us consternation. We are conflicted by these words of Christ because the words Jesus speaks are not typically what we are used to hearing. Why is it so difficult to speak of this Jesus in our churches? Maybe because the Jesus portrayed in today's text seems out of character with the Jesus of more familiar texts. Jesus says today, do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. Now I know you are probably saying to yourselves, this Jesus doesn't sound like the Jesus I know. Whatever happened to the kindly carpenter who healed the man possessed by many demons? How about the good shepherd or the man who wept at the grave of Lazarus? Where is the Jesus of the Beatitudes, the one who bestows the blessings? 
Where is the Jesus I know? Well, today, Jesus says to us in the words of that 20th century prophet, you all know who he is, James Brown. Jesus says, don't start none, won't be none. Static. Well, church, that is exactly what Jesus intends to do. He intends to start some static. Yes, I'm here to tell you that there will be static. Today, Jesus draws a line in the sand. The message today is not one of comfort and affirmation. Jesus is not trying to be our friend, our pal. Today, we must forfeit our images of wonderful counselor, Prince of Peace, Savior of the world. Today, our Lord is shouting. He wants you and me to hear what Israel missed some 2,000 years ago. Yes, his talk of fire, baptism, and division sounds more like the preaching of John the baptizer rather than the Jesus we know. But just as we, the church, must not remain static, Jesus was not a static figure. He was complex like you and me. This day, Jesus does not come to affirm our comfortability and status quo. Today, he comes not to validate human institutions and its values. No, Jesus comes to initiate God's radical will. Today, we meet a radical Jesus, a Jesus who comes to bring division. And why? Why is this Jesus so divisive? It is Jesus' mere presence, his mere advent, his mere coming that will bring division. This is so because with the advent of Jesus, there comes a divine peace. With the advent of Jesus, there comes mercy and compassion. With the advent of Jesus, there comes justice. And friends, humankind does not always appreciate the gospel's great reversals. Yes, the disciples expected a fight, a revolt with the coming of the Messiah, but with Jesus comes peace and love. Yes, this is the radical Jesus. Not everyone wants, welcomes, or always appreciates this divine peace plan. We do not like it when those we deem undeserving receive the abundant grace promised to all. We want others to be punished for their sin while we expect to be welcomed into the heavenly home. No one expects to see their enemies in heaven. Jealousy, anger, desire for revenge, resistance to change, these can consume us in the face of the gospel. Yes, this is what brings division. And today, I want you to understand that when divisions begin for the sake of the gospel, this is when the word of God has begun to break in among us. Hallelujah. Friends, Jesus knows that we know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and sky. We have perfected farming techniques. We can forecast the weather. We have scientific theories and precise machines of all sorts. We can communicate around the world in nanoseconds. But why can we not bring the kingdom of God to our fractured world? Why? Because we are imposters. I didn't say it, Jesus said it. Yes, we are imposters. We are like actors on the stage. We get all dressed up for church and appear like we have it all together. We come to church, sing our songs, say our prayers, go through the motions of worship, and our lives, nor the lives of those around us change. The signs are all around us. We know what's going on in our world, our nation and city. 
but we close a blind eye to it because we have our own agendas. And as long as it's not affecting me or my household directly, it doesn't matter. We are comfortable. We know the difference between truth and lies, but we participate in the lies because we benefit from these lies with no regard to the consequences of telling and participating in the lies. We are comfortable, church, but Jesus is screaming at us today, telling us to wake up, to look around us. He says to us that the signs are here. One of my favorite movies is The Butler. It is a riveting movie which portrays the life of a real-life butler who served in the White House. But what was intriguing about The Butler is that it dealt with the issues of the day, Jim Crowism, segregation, civil rights, the war in Vietnam, equality and pay, and even family dynamics and divisions. And here's the question for us, beloved. How does Hollywood seem to see and interpret the signs of the times while we, the church, remain static, going along blindly in our comfortability? Even the temporal world knows how to read the signs of the times. Prince wrote a song about it. It goes something like this. Hurricane Annie ripped the ceiling off a church and killed everyone inside. You turn on the telly and every other story is telling you somebody died. Sister killed her baby because she couldn't afford to feed it and we're sending people to the moon. In September, my cousin tried reefer for the very first time. Now he's doing horse. It's June. Time. Prince wrote about it. Marvin Gaye asked the question about the signs of the times. He asks, what's going on? Remember that? Mother, mother, there's too many of you crying. Brother, 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 there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way, then he, oh, you know it, right? To bring some loving here today, yeah. Father, father, we don't need to escalate, you see. War is not the answer, for only love can conquer hate. You know we've got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Oh, this is my favorite part. Picket lines, duh-duh, and picket signs, duh-duh. Don't punish me with brutality. Oh, talk to me so you can see, oh, what's going on? What's going on? Oh, you remember the song, what's going on? Are we the church, the women and men of God, not charged time and time again to be prophetic and deal with the crisis and problems of our times? Or do we just want to remain comfortable? Jesus is sick and tired of the church just going along to get along. We ought to be able to read the signs of the times. The harsh reality of this text today is that Jesus came not to validate the social realities and values we have constructed. Such social realities and values have a propensity to seek a harmony that favors those who hold positions of power at the expense of those who are powerless and expendable. Sounds like our world today. It even sounds like the church, God help us. Jesus is sick and tired of the church ignoring the needs of the world, of our community, of our neighbors, real needs. He wants us to transform the world. Jesus is sick and tired of the church being influenced by the world. He wants us to transform the world. Jesus is sick and tired of the church 
being ignorant to the ways of bringing about the kingdom of God. He wants us to bring God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Arthur Dennis A. Jacobson in Doing Justice, Congregations and Community Organizing writes this, and I quote, the word as it is is the enemy of God. The world, the world as it is, is the enemy of the people of God. The world as it is, is the enemy of those while claiming no belief in God, are devoted to creating a just society and act with such courageous conscience that they put the institutional church to shame. A great tension exists between the world as it is and those believers and non-believers who are in the world but not of the world. It is so because the world as it is is driven by abuse of power, consuming greed, relentless violence, and narcissistic pride, all of which are offensive to God and to those who seek to do what is just. If the people who claim to be God's own do nothing to create God's kingdom on earth, they are no better than the world as it is, end quote. Church, this is not a comfortable thought but we are not to be made comfortable today. Jesus said, I came to bring fire to the earth. Do you think that I've come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. Why? Why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Do you not see the injustices and atrocities of our world? Only turn on the television and watch the news. Lies upon lies upon lies. Signs. Violence upon violence upon violence. Signs. War in Ukraine. Destruction upon civilians. Signs. Marvin Gaye saw it. Prince saw it. Hollywood saw it. Why can't we see it in the church? Are we too used to seeing these images to react? to want to do something, even to believe, we must open our eyes to the signs of our times. We must open our eyes to those who are being treated shamefully. Jesus saw this happening to the widows and orphans of his day. And today, women make 70 cents for every dollar a man makes, with the numbers even more disparaging for women of color. Who will speak for them? All signs. Will we in the church read the signs of the times? If the kingdom of God is to come on earth as it is in heaven, part of the prophetic role of the church is to understand the events of earth and to seek to address them with the message of heaven. And if, like Jesus, we find that we seem to be bringing division and that we ourselves become caught up in the crisis, so be it. This is what we are called to do today. Yes, the time has come for us to get uncomfortable with our religion and ponder the cost of faithfulness. As Diedrich Bonhoeffer reminded us, that great 20th century martyr, there is a cost to discipleship. Today, Jesus challenges each of us in our comfortability to wake up and be the church. Our primary concern is not to find more members to fill the pews of this sanctuary, but to go into the world with the ethical imperative of Jesus to fight for justice and freedom for all, to love our neighbors as ourselves, to act justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with God, to proclaim the kingdom of God over and against the kingdoms of this world, and to know, to know the signs of the times. Will we see the signs? And will we respond accordingly?
In the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.